0: This is Jamie Lewis for the 805 Living Eats podcast. For the October 2019 issue of 805 Living Magazine, I spoke with Jessica Foster of Jessica Foster Confections in Santa Barbara. Jessica is perhaps best known for chocolates, but she also makes these heavenly little ooey gooey sea salt caramels that her customers and clients can't get enough of. You can find the recipe for those caramels in the October issue of 805 Living Magazine, as well as recipes for a caramel apple tart. And a salted caramel milkshake just in time for Halloween parties. With Jessica, I wanted the backstory. How did she become one of the Central Coast's most sought after confectioners? She gave me the goods, discussing a fateful trip to Spain, how to really pair chocolates with wine, and why she loves the 805. Hear this and more during my conversation with Jessica Foster. So I'm here with Jessica Foster at her commercial kitchen in Santa Barbara and I have well I actually have a lot of questions about how how did you wind up here
1: um there's a the short story the the somewhat concise story is that um I traveled when I was young I lived in Spain when I was 18 and um got to travel a bit around Europe and kind of had no interest in food before that, and just became obsessed, it became my passion. I, I lived with some um, European students and they all knew how to cook at you know, age 18, 19, 20. I did not know how to cook and it was I was introduced to exotic flavors, um, Indian food from my British roommates and I just was sort of taken by it all. So, came back to the U.S. Um, went to college like I had planned and sort of, I enjoyed college, but, um, kind of always thought I would pursue something in the food industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I graduated from UCSB with a religious studies degree and what? really, yeah, I know it's random. Well, what were
0: you thinking you would do with that?
1: Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, but my mother, crazy little factoid is mm-hmm. that my mother was a nun before she met my dad, um, and was just an amazing human. And, um, her faith and sort of just goodness was Mm -hmm. inspiring and I was not raised with religion, strangely Mm -hmm. enough, even though my mom was a nun. Um, so it was just kind of an intriguing realm for me. Um, so yeah, I I loved it. I knew there was no real path for it. It was more just, I enjoyed it and I did well in it. Mm -hmm. I was a biology major prior to that and switched (laughs) lots of, lots of bouncing around, but, um, but yeah, so I, 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 I sort of, all through college, I had dinner parties. I, I played with food and it was sort of my, that's where I spent most of my fun money. Mm-hmm. Um, I had dinner parties and would play with different cuisines and you know spices and watch the Food Network before it was what it is now, when it was a little more, uh, I don't know, less reality TV-esque. Right, but, yes. Um, but anyway, yeah, and then I, I graduated and thought about culinary school, decided I should get some practical experience mm-hmm. first. So I um, got a couple of restaurant jobs in the first, I don't know, year out of college met some amazing people that I was so motivated to learn that they just sort of, I don't know, they, they saw my passion and... Um,
0: you were in the kitchen? I was in the
1: kitchen, okay. yeah. I, the first job that I applied for actually was at the Fish House in Santa Barbara, mm. and there was a wonderful chef that was, it was when it was opening, he was the opening chef. Um, and he, uh, yeah, we became friends and he just, he sort of took me under, under his wing. Um, I, I think I was applying for a hostess position but he was there and I was like I really want to work in the kitchen yeah though. what I, I really want I, I, is yeah, to but, be back here exactly but I have no experience and he was like I'll train you so I learned you know cut chopping cases of onions like terrible kind of parts of the job but really great skill set uh, building so I learned lots of knife skills and just the dynamics of the kitchen Um, he as it turned out had roommated with the chef at Bouchon locally Uh, in Santa Barbara and ended up going there subsequently after I was no no longer at the fish house and he basically recruited me to be the pastry chef there Mm. probably about a year later so Mm. I just I just met the right people and I was motivated and excited about it and
0: um was pastry something that you I mean did you have specific plans or like a desire to go into that
1: no not at all I actually it's funny now knowing what I know now um at age 18 or not 18 I guess I was in my early 20s I envisioned myself being a chef at some restaurant in New York like that was (laughs) the the fantasy of what I envisioned I shouldn't laugh,
0: because that's, I mean, that happens. That yeah. happens to people all the time. Totally,
1: well, but now I know that I would hate that. Like, yeah. it seemed, it seemed, there was some glamorous thing, you know? Um, but in, in my early jobs, so I was the pastry chef at Bouchon, there was another spot in between there, but, um, which was fantastic, I learned so much. I'm still friends with the people that I worked with there. But I realized that I didn't want to work those hours. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to work nights when I should be eating dinner. Um, and you know, the pay is not great. Mm -hmm. And I had burns up and down my arms. It was just, it was just really intense, uh, emotionally and physically. And so I sort of, I, when I left there, I fumbled around for a few years trying to figure out how to do the parts of it that I really enjoyed that like fed me, but kind of more on my own terms. Yeah. And, um, I took a cheese making course at Cal Poly at one point because really? I thought maybe I'll be a farm. My parents had some property in Napomo actually. Hmm. Um, my, and my
0: hometown PS, my hometown.
1: Napomo. Yeah. Really? Oh, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have lots of history there, but, um, but yeah, I thought, I mean, I could get goats and I could be a farmstead cheese maker, but that ended up I just decided against that. But chocolate just kind of, it sort of was just, it came about in the process of me trying to figure out how to do what I want to do on my own terms and just experimenting yeah I think actually the first recipe I tried was from Martha Stewart magazine mm. and, and they weren't very good yeah. I think my fa- I think I gave them for Christmas and my family was kind of like okay but um, <laughs> <laughs> but then I experimented and like found that I could uh, impart lots of exotic and funky flavors mm-hmm. and that's what just I think creatively was the thing that kind of stuck for me
0: yeah and that I think about you have um uh, anybody who works for 805 living magazine gets three of your chocolates every year our editor Lynn is really generous um in giving those and I remember every year we get is it like a white chocolate curry Milk, chocolate, Milk curry. chocolate, the Madras curry. curry. Yeah, yes. And so, what goes into like what's in that chocolate specifically?
1: It's it's just it's a curry powder that I actually purchase, so I don't blend my own curry mm-hmm. in that one. I do blend some of my other spice blends, like the chai. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a yellow curry powder, so it's sort of a mild. It's not spicy. There's a, probably a little pepper, so there's a tiny bit of heat. But it's just, yeah, a mild yellow curry powder and milk chocolate ganache. It's wow. very simple. That's a, that's an interesting one where it kind of, I feel like it it doesn't translate the way that you, like when you see curry and milk chocolate and then you taste it, it doesn't taste how you think it's gonna mm-hmm. taste, you know? Yeah. But I think people usually enjoy it. Yeah. That's a very wine friendly one too. Which Is it? With yeah. what kinds of wines? Um, You know, it varies. I think that there's a cab blend that Grissini has paired with it. Mm-hmm. I've it's been on a lot I can't even remember exactly right now but um but yeah the, there's a lot of the savory the more savory ones which mm-hmm. are sort of one of my signature things I think um like the juxtaposition of sweet and savory um yeah they're they they tend to be more wine friendly the star yeah. anise and thyme with
0: milk chocolate yeah you know. and so playful I mean it sounds like that ha- that started very early in your definitely chocolate making I think that's what yeah that's what made
1: me that made it entertain me Mm. was the was the experimenting the mad scientist you know going Mm. to farmer's market and just buying a bunch of stuff and then putting it in different combinations to see what would happen and see what it works with or if it works most Mm. things i have to say in the right quantity and with the right chocolate most things work I haven't had <laughs> ma- very many things that didn't work I swear that's, that's why awesome. I have like 30 flavors
0: <laughs> yeah spoken like a true yeah chocolate maker so when did, so you probably did some of it on the side for a time making them and, and oh, yeah. selling them totally okay. yes I had
1: a very part-time long-term part-time um, bartending job at a friend's bar downtown Santa Barbara at this little bar called Elsie's it's a really hmm. groovy neighborhood bar and um, where everyone knows each other. And I would experiment and bring them in and have people, it was just like guinea pig. And then I actually sold my first truffle there. I still have my dollar from selling it there. So yes, I I was experimenting and then I started doing it professionally. I got my business license and everything. Um, probably sold like 10 boxes the first year. <laughs> mm. Had a full-time job, obviously. Which you were probably elated about. Oh, I totally was. Yeah. Like the fact that anybody wanted them. And I, I just happened to, you know, at that time, I've been in business 16 years. At that time, there wasn't any chocolate in Santa Barbara. No, no boutique, you know, handmade. I think C's was the only chocolate. Mm-hmm. There had been a woman... Actually, she was somehow related to Bouchon. I feel like she might have worked there. That was trying to do something like that, mm-hmm. and then had moved away. So I was really the only game at that point, And I met some amazing people that connected me. I, I was written up in Santa Barbara Magazine within mm-hmm. the first you know year or two. That like things that kind of propelled me at an early phase, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, super grateful for a lot of the the people that that got to taste them and enjoyed them and then supported me and still do. It's it's pretty awesome. It's a a very community love fest kind of
0: a a feel. Yeah. Well, I don't know many people who don't like what you make. I mean, just, yeah, it's, Even just at its most elemental level, the the sorts of things that you make, they're joy giving kinds of things. Totally, so people love that. And I'm amazed. I'm amazed that 16 years ago, it really wasn't that long ago that there wasn't another game in town like yours. Isn't that amazing? How far it is. And
1: now there are there are at least four like you know well known Mm -hmm. uh, local chocolate chocolate businesses. We all kind of have different styles and and different niche things exactly. But but yeah it's a totally different i feel like the whole food even like referencing again the food network mm-hmm. it's just changed you know every people are more in tune with food, like people cook people are more interested in in food and it's just it's it's awesome it's yeah. awesome to see the evolution of the the industry and and the quality of the food that that we have here and everywhere, really, I think yeah. that
0: it's just more of a thing. And people's expectations because they have so much access to exactly. it. Exactly, they expect a lot. Yes, yeah. totally. Um, so, what was it like when you made that leap from being, uh, you know, a part-time bartender, schlepping chocolates on the side, to saying, "Okay, I'm going to get a commercial kitchen. I'm going to." M- become a full-time this is what I'm gonna do so similar kind of thing where I feel like I just had really
1: good karma or like timing Mm. was good Um, I because I had worked in the food industry prior I knew some people and um, a chef friend of mine that I had worked for previously actually Connected me with somebody to buy chocolate from wholesale, yeah. and when I was still, I was I was actually working full time catering, bartending part time, and then making chocolate just here. I mean, it was As super minimal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The chocolate was fun though, even though I probably spent a lot of time on very little return at that point. Yeah. It was just experimental, but, um, but yeah, I got connected to a woman, a dear friend still named Christine Dahl, who's a pastry chef in town. Mm-hmm. At the time, she was, um, she worked. As a sort of side gig, um, as a sales rep for a, a distribution company like pastry related. And so I would go pick chocolate up from her at her commercial kitchen. Mm-hmm. And at some point I said, you know, how do you go about finding I a commercial one... kitchen? And she was like, we could rent to you here if you're, you know, mm-hmm. super part time. So I ended up in that kitchen for let's see, I think it was 12 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and my space sort of, you know, evolved and grew as I, there were four of us initially, and then I ended up taking over one whole area, and then there were three of us. And mm. you know, it just, it, it, it worked out so well so that I could take baby steps. Yeah, And and at that point, initially, I was totally working full time elsewhere. And it, but it was mm. such a small overhead, you know, it was just very low low rent at that time. Um, And they really, they like supported me. It was just sweet, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, little by little, I I pared down the the catering and then I stopped the catering and then I was mostly full-time with the chocolate and doing the bartending and then slowly I stopped doing that and yeah. Not funny.
0: I'm so distracted by what it smells like in here. It is so hard to concentrate. It smells so good. Or is what's going on right now related to what you're doing? Or is it somebody else's? It's both.
1: Um, My gals are making caramels and wrapping them. So there's a little of that. And then the the pastry chef I share my kitchen with is baking as well. So it's funny. I'm fairly immune to my own smells. I know. (laughs) When it smells like chocolate, when my machine's not going right now, but usually that's what people smell, I am like, I just, I'm desensitized to yeah. it. I probably smell it initially, and then it just wears off. But um, but the baking is still my weakness, because yeah. it's something that I don't do. Yeah. So when I smell her cookies, I'm like, <sighs> it's, yeah. It's I always hope for magic. extras. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: So with the chocolates, you ended up, you started with that. Did, did you start with a lot of, I, I know you do a lot of weddings, events, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Did that take off right away?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of what, I feel like initially it was just, individual customers, mm. um, and it was tiny, little by little. I got accounts at, no, I guess, you know, it, I think wholesale Wholesale is the, the, my primary business now, mm-hmm. um, and I guess that's kind of how it started, actually, too. So my two of my biggest initial customers were Lazy Acres, which is at yeah. Bristol Farms, um, or it wasn't at that point, it was locally owned, but now is part of Bristol Farms, um, and um, uh, San Ysidro Ranch, which oh. is, I mean, like yeah. one of the best places to be. What a great in. account to get! I know. Too. And and once again, it was from the connections that I made in my previous you know jobs in restaurants. So mm-hmm. I had worked for a friend, Lydia Gaeton, at a restaurant called Meritage. She's the one that connected me to Christine to buy mm-hmm. the chocolate, and then through that same restaurant, this woman named Sherry, who was working at San Ysidro Ranch at the time, mm-hmm. and they needed turn down amenities. So she called me. I went out and met with them, and I was so nervous. I mean. Like you really want my, my chocolates like in oh. this fancy place. It was, and that was a huge, I mean, it's a very reputable, you know, uh, something to be proud of. Yeah. I And I was actually in there until the mudslides, fire mudslides. And yeah. now they're doing things in house for the moment. Hopefully yeah. I'll get back once they're sort of um, everything sort of re- recalibrates. Stabilized. Yeah. 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 But, um, but yeah, those were, a couple of my big things, and then yeah, weddings, and I did trunk shows, a mm-hmm. little sort of pop-up holiday shows in Montecito, and and kind of whatever whatever came my way, and did all the freebie events at mm-hmm. the beginning. You know the um, like the wine festivals and yeah. any of the fundraiser um, fundraising kind of related events, community events. I just said yes to everything, yeah. and it just gave me a lot of exposure, and I was contributing to you know
0: different nonprofits. And yeah. It, and becoming part of that community yeah, on a exactly. bigger level. Cool. Yeah. What do you like about working in Santa Barbara? Oh my gosh.
1: I, I mean, I think the community part is, is huge. I'm, I just, I seriously feel so grateful that I've, all these people I've mentioned and bazillions of others that have just, It's just very supportive feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, The people that that I do business, I love my customers. Yeah, like I love. That's one of my favorite parts of my job is like the relationships I have with my clients. Um, I love working with my winery clients. Mm -hmm. I happen to like wine a lot. Uh, (laughs) Like really good good wine. They are, and there's. It's just it's it's fun creatively as well to um, to do the chocolate and wine pairings that we do. Um, yeah, I, I love Santa Barbara and Santa Barbara, it's not to love about just being here in general. Right. And then to be able to, you know, I don't make a ton of money, but I survive mm-hmm. in Santa Barbara and I do what I love. And that ain't it's nothing. Pretty good. Right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. Wait, did you grow up around here? Oh, I no. grew up
1: in Santa Maria.
0: Oh, So okay. Santa Barbara
1: County. Yeah. But, but in the Pomo, the, so it's long story. We do which, have a lot
0: to talk about. I know
1: we do. I've like, we'll do that <laughs> later. But, but yeah, I grew up in Santa Maria. I went to high school there but yeah. my parents had a property in Napomo. So okay. I, when I was an infant, I think the first year or two of life, um, we were in Napomo and mm-hmm. then moved to Santa Maria. But my parents had that property for years. So there was sort of an overlap in SLO and Santa Barbara County. Yeah. Um, and Santa Maria was great while I was there, mm-hmm. but I was ready to leave when yeah. I graduated high school. So yeah. I moved here like within weeks of my high school graduation, pretty yeah. much. And more or less have been here since. I was in Spain for a while when I was 18. I lived in Alicante with family friends to learn Spanish and just have a change of scenery, which was invaluable, Um, totally life-changing. And then I ended up living in Napomo, actually, on my parents' property for a bit and went Mm -hmm. to Cuesta and
0: and then came back to Santa Barbara. And I've been here ever since, pretty much. It's really interesting. We have a lot of similarities just in um, I couldn't get out of here fast enough either. I Are you from up, Santa Barbara? I'm from Napomo. Oh, that's right. Don't, and uh, I, just said that. <laughs> I was born in Ventura, but lived, my whole um, upbringing was in Napomo, and I couldn't get out fast enough. Wound yeah. up in New York and a couple other big cities. Oh, wow. But the thing that changed my perspective was a summer in Italy, and all of a sudden food mattered to me a lot. Yes. And, and then coming home uh, to the Central Coast, I just wouldn't have it any other way. I'm so happy here, and I feel like there's a real synergy between um, you know, Western Europe and the way that we live here. It's, it's mm-hmm. easy to kind of adopt some of that lifestyle. Definitely, yeah. and it
1: makes, yeah, all those, the, the traveling and perspective um, gaining experiences just make, it, make you appreciate things yeah. so much more, and differently, You know, you sort of have different eyes to look at your situation, and yeah. I think one of the one of the things that I sort of gleaned from from being abroad was was food in a social context yeah. and like enjoy like the duration of lunch and how you know and I mean that's a long duration it is it's I mean in Spain especially it's like people take like three hours in the middle of the day and they work late day I mean I don't think I don't know if I would want to do it that way specifically like maybe on the weekends but but it's just it's such a connecting time and I think Mm -hmm. that we don't in the like I don't know not everybody but but our society does not focus on that it's like quick quick meals you know just power it down and Mm -hmm. and then do whatever you're doing but it's I don't know. At I our just worst, really appreciate I, I agree with it. you yeah. totally.
0: Yeah. Well, your time is so valuable. I really appreciate you talking to me, but I have one last question, which okay. is do you have any idea how much chocolate you make every year or in volume how much you put out into the world? I
1: don't. It's I so am big so, you don't. Well, I don't even know if it's that big. I just, I'm, I have a thing about, I'm actually like quite good at math, but I'm not good at retaining numbers. Or like if you asked me how much I pay for butter, I probably wouldn't even be able to, I actually wouldn't be able to tell you per yeah. pound. I don't even know. I mean, I have it. It's like, I do track these things from a business perspective. I just don't retain it in my brain. Sure. But so no, I have no idea. But yeah. I know that I work, um, I mean, yeah we work a lot mm. during the holidays it's nuts the production level is crazy and then the summer it's a little more mellow yeah. um but no I have no idea sorry okay.
0: <laughs> you gotta get those numbers to me <laughs> I know
1: I will <laughs> I'll try to do some some uh, research
0: well thank you very much for letting me come into your into your realm and smell the smells and hear the sounds I really appreciate it thank
1: you yeah.
0: it's been fun As always, thank you for listening to the 805 Living Eats podcast. To find out more about Jessica Foster, check out her website at jessicafosterconfections.com. By the way, 805 Living Magazine is celebrating its 15th anniversary. Thank you to all our readers, advertisers, and friends for your support these past 15 years. To learn where you can pick up a copy, visit 805living.com. Until next time, I'm Jamie Lewis.